0: listeners before we get to this episode of problem solvers here is a word from our sponsor where do you go when you want to create manage and grow your business online wix the leading website creation platform Create a site with designer-made templates that can be customized for your business and looks great on all devices. Reach new audiences with intelligent SEO tools designed to get you found on search engines and manage it all from one place, at home, at the office, or on the go. You'll never miss a thing when it comes to your business. So join over 200 million people already doing it and head over to Wix.com to get started. And now, on with the show. From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. So I asked my friend Nicole to come on a show called Problem Solvers, and she Didn't even know what to do with it.
1: I have so many problems, though. This is the thing. I cannot, I cannot pick.
0: So, by way of introduction, I guess I will tell you one problem Nicole has, which is that she cannot stop writing books. Nicole Lappin is the best-selling author of the books Rich Bitch, Boss Bitch, and Becoming Superwoman. She was the youngest ever anchor at CNN and then CNBC. She is the host of a podcast called Money Rehab, and she and I co-hosted a podcast called Hush Money. She is my close friend and work wife, and a couple years ago Nicole had just come out with a book and was exhausted and done and told me, "That's it, no more books." which she could not stick to.
1: I did not want to write another book. I wanted to take book birth control or tie my book tubes. But I got so much. (laughs) There's no epidural. I could continue this (laughs) analogy um, for birthing books. There was such a need in the beginning of the pandemic for people to figure out what to do with their money because health and wealth became the only things that were important. And... I got a lot of DM slips. I get nerdy, not sexy kinds of DM slips about what the F to do with money and how to invest. And at that point, I realized that there was not a book that spoke in the way I do. As you know, it is jargon-free. With this level of blocking and tackling in investing. And so I... Set off to fill that void, and then Miss Independent
0: was born. Happened.
1: She's not was. born; she's crowning at okay. this
0: point. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank she's you for, like con-
1: bra- yeah. Thank so, you for continuing
0: so the enough. uncomfortable metaphors. Miss <laughs> Independent is Nicole's new book about birth. No, it's not bir- not about birthing. <laughs> it's not about birthing. It's about investing it's about investing. It's about making investing easier. Its umbilical cord has just been cut. It's bookable cord. Oh God, Nicole, what have you done to me? Anyway, Miss Independent was an opportunity for Nicole and I to sit down and talk about How to Smartly Approach Money. And we're going to do this through the lens of two problems solved. One of hers, one of mine. Her problem was about shifting the way that she thought about money. And she tells this really powerful story about a moment that really forced her to consider what her relationship with money was and how to invest in herself. And I think that it will get you thinking about your own relationship with money. And then after that, I'm going to tell Nicola's story about a negotiation problem that I solved thanks to her help. And I hope it gets you saving some money, which honestly you can do literally right now. Like listen to this part and then go save yourself some money because it did not take me very long. Took me like five minutes. Okay. That is what we're doing on this episode of Problem Solvers. It is me, Nicole Lappin. We are talking money. We are saving you money. We are done with birthing metaphors. It's all coming up after the break. Build the team that will build your business. With Upwork, you can find top developers, designers, project managers, and more who can start today so your business can succeed tomorrow. Hire at home or in 180 countries around the world to find the right talent for whatever your business needs. Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at Upwork.com. All right, we're back. So let's get into part one of solving problems with money. It is Nicole's story. And this, to start, is a piece of advice that Nicole always gives people.
1: Saving and budgeting, while they can be great, will not grow you well. Your salary, your base salary, as high as that could become, will not grow you well. It just won't. And... The only way to do that is to invest.
0: So how did Nicole discover that? Nicole did not come from money, as you are going to hear in this story. She came from a pretty tough upbringing and had to learn something really important about money and herself.
1: A lot of people's money shame comes from family stuff. And you have to confront it just because, you know, my family situation is more extreme, potentially. Then others, you know, I do talk in this book about bailing my mother out of jail using cash underneath the sink behind the maxi pads. And these are things that obviously have shaped my view of money or your family. If you're like, well, that's not my situation. That's wild. You know, maybe your family clipped coupons and that's how you approach money and you come from a scarcity mentality or whatever. Or the flip side, maybe your parents hoarded or maybe they spent frivolously and got into debt. I mean, all of that stuff has to do with how you approach money today. So being bullied growing up was really impactful in ways that I didn't realize until I sort of dug in there to how I view and spend money. So I did not have fancy stuff growing up. And I went to this school where, you know, the girls had, I'll never forget, they had Doc Martens. And I thought that Doc Martens were most expensive, coolest shoe in the history of the world. And I had knockoff Doc Martens that were from Payless Shoe Source. And I had girls who called them Nurse Martens and laughed mm. and all of these things and wore these chunky Tiffany bracelets and gave them to each other. And I fantasized about the day that that could potentially be me. So fast forward into my adult life, and I get a lot of emails, as you do, from mm-hmm. important folks. None of them really give me pause. But I was at CNBC and doing the Today Show when I got an email on my BlackBerry oh. from her. And I was I was stopped in my tracks my, Her. I, my bully oh. emailed me and said, basically like, hey, I saw you on the Today Show. You know, you know, I've always wanted to be on TV. I was wondering if you could give me some tips. I've been working at Bloomy's part time. Wow. Whatever, whatever. What and, gall? <laughs> because I think, you know, they, she said something like, it's really nice to see somebody from our growing up area. It's really nice to see somebody from our area, you know, do so well and things like that. And her story was not mine because I don't get intimidated by a lot of folks, but I was sweating, I was so nervous. And all of a sudden I was transported back to this 12-year-old girl who got bullied and made fun of. And I was there, like, just finished the Today Show or whatever, and I reverted back to that scared little girl. And what I ended up doing that I'm really proud of Is that I hopped in a cab and I went uptown to the Tiffany store and I went into the Tiffany store and I said, show me whatever this chunky sterling silver bracelet is. And I was like, I'm going to buy this fucking bracelet once and for all with my own money that I made for myself. And that's it. And, you know, I win. And then I see this bracelet that's $300 or something, and I say, you know what? No. So this ends up being the first stock that I buy is Tiffany stock. So instead, I get on the phone and I say, I want to buy TIF, which is uh, Tiffany stock, and whatever the price of the bracelets were, but I want to put that in that stock. At that point, It was much lower than it is now. And I can buy bracelets to fill my entire hand with <laughs> the money I made
0: there. That is amazing. Wait a second. Okay. For, first of all, just the whole thing is wonderful, but there's a dangling thread here that has to be closed, which is, did you respond to the girl? I did not. Huh. I think that's also quite satisfying.
1: And by the way, not responding is a response.
0: It is a response. I wonder if she understood it. I feel like if somebody bullies you and then reaches out later, some sort of weird disconnect happening in that person's brain where they either didn't understand that they were the bully or they don't care that they were the bully. But who cares? I guess is really the bottom line here. Who cares? You are taking care of you.
1: That's right. And yeah, clearly it didn't affect her in the way that it affected me. She has her own story. And I always felt like the greatest revenge was one of these mean girls like asking me for a job or I'll never forget. What's crazy is that when some of those girls' names come up in conversation, one time just by a friend who I grew up with saying that this woman worked at a boutique in Beverly Hills. Intellectually, I've done a gazillion things with my life and I have not been intimidated talking to CEOs and Heads of state and whatever. But these girls, it doesn't matter if she's working at a boutique, wherever. And I, you know, just revert back to, you know, where that this time when. Everything felt more, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're feeling these feelings for the first time. So I forgot what I ate for breakfast. I'm not even sure if I ate breakfast. My stomach <laughs> is starting to growl right now, and I wonder if I ate at all today. And I still remember these girls' names and probably their phone numbers when we used to remember phone numbers. And you know, it's it's shaped me. A yeah. lot of these, a lot of these stories about that you might not realize, like macro and microeconomic stories affect your financial story. So macroeconomic stories could be like growing up during the housing crisis and seeing, you know, my my father's house was foreclosed on. I'll never forget that day. But you could also have not personally been affected. You could have just sort of PTSD from the dot-com bubble or the pandemic or whatever. Or you could have these microeconomic issues that have also left scars,
0: As I was thinking about your story and that moment in which you make the decision not to buy the bracelet, but instead to invest in the company, I realized that you were making a choice in that moment, which is representative of your larger point about investing, but was really you standing at the crossroads of the past and the present and the future, which is to say this girl was tugging you back to the past. You had left it behind. You had built yourself into something very different than the girl who's being bullied. But because she knew you from back then and she was a part of that, just her very presence in your brain was yanking you back to the past. And your instinct was to do something that felt like it was serving the present, which is to say, buy the bracelet. Now I have it. Now it is a gift for me now. But you realize that actually that was an act of being in the past as well, because the bracelet is not relevant to you right now. It's only relevant to your past self. And so instead you invested in the future, which is that if this company grows, then your money grows and then you have something more valuable that is going to be relevant to you now and in the future later. And that is what matters the most.
1: And that is why you and I have been co-hosts and pals and you and (laughs) I don't wish this on many people, but yes, you, you do get me. It is, my, or worse. it
0: is my burden to bear. But take us home by building off of that, because the point that you're making about investing is that if you want to grow real wealth, it's not just about your salary. It's not just about what you earn now. It's about decisions that you make now that pay off later. And how should we be thinking about how we use what we have now to serve our future financially?
1: You don't need a lot of money to make a lot of money. You need the most time possible. The mm. way compound interest works, in, it's such an amazing thing when, when it works in your favor, like with investing, it's terrible when it works against you, like with credit card debt. Yeah. I think a lot of people have experienced that, where they're you know part of the system. They're not owners of the system. And so taking control of that and having your money grow exponentially on itself while you're sleeping, like while you're doing nothing. I don't look at stock charts all day. I just figure out a system and then I set it and forget it. And it's not super complicated. And in fact, if you start with a little bit of money, if I put $300 in or even earlier, you know, it could have grown more, but I wouldn't be putting more money in necessarily. The more time, the better. So as far as I'm concerned, today is as good a day as any. And you're never as young as you are today. And if you think you're too old, you're just going to get older. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of ways of making us feel old.
1: So yeah, as soon as possible, like my my future self really began then when I could put the past down and invest in my own future. I, at that point, of course, wish I started earlier. But that's the case. Like nobody regrets a workout after you're finished. Nobody says like, you know what? I wish I wish I didn't invest earlier. (laughs) Said no one ever.
0: Okay. So that is part one, Nicole's problem solved about money. And now we're going to take a short break and come back with mine, which is about negotiating and saving you money. I am getting paid or well, if we're being honest, entrepreneur is getting paid for me to read you this ad. And you know why I'm telling you that? Because we need more honesty around finance and money. These are critical subjects. And if you want to make sound financial decisions, you need to understand what's really going on, which is why you're going to want to go to real Vision. Real Vision is a video on demand platform that you can watch basically anywhere, and their entire goal is to democratize access to the important financial information that impacts your wallet, your investments, and your future. On Real Vision, you will hear from brilliant finance rock stars like Kathy Wood and Kyle Bass, and hundreds of others who tell you what they think and know real vision itself has no agenda no editorial bias and they don't tolerate hype and as a member you get daily videos and analysis plus access to more than three thousand videos from the archives so what do you have to do to get started oh real vision is making it very easy just go to realvision.com slash problem solvers and just for one dollar yes one dollar you can get started again go to realvision.com slash problem solvers and join for one dollar All right, we're back with part two. Just a few hours before Nicole and I spoke, I negotiated something pretty good for myself. It wasn't huge, but I was really proud. And so I wanted to tell her about it. And we ended up getting into a really interesting conversation about negotiation and how to win. So I have been paying $28 a month for Sirius XM. It came with the car when I bought the car and we used it. Pretty regularly when we were driving a lot, and now we're back in New York and we're not driving a lot. And I saw it on my credit card statement and I said, I gotta get rid of this thing. And so I contacted Sirius, which they made it kind of difficult to do, which is annoying. And finally, I got a hold of somebody and I said, I'm out, I'm canceling. And what do you think they did?
1: They canceled it?
0: No. What do you mean? They offered me a deal. They They offered to drop it to $12 a month. And then I didn't respond. This was by text. And then the person followed up by saying, and you get an initial month for just $5. And so I said, I channeled my inner Nicole Lappin. Woo! I thought, "This this is time for negotiation. And so I said, if you can do all 12 months at $5, then I will keep it. And what do you think they did? They did it. They offered me a slightly different package that still had all the same stuff that I wanted. And they just dropped a bunch of crap that I didn't even know I was paying for. And then, indeed, I am now paying, well, $6. So it went up a dollar. $6 a month for something that I used to be paying $28 for. Now, I guess I didn't cancel it, so I'm still spending money, which they win. But I feel like I win.
1: I feel like you win, but only if you use it. Do you use the Sirius?
0: Yeah, I use it every time I'm in the car. I just don't drive that much.
1: I mean, listen, I love getting a deal. It's negotiating as you know is my favorite cardio. But if you weren't using it at all, then yeah, $6 is still $6 that spent that I, you did not need to spend. But right, that's if you true. use it, I love this.
0: Yeah, well, I was inspired by so here's the thing that you and I have done, which is that we have we have in parallel, negotiated to a similar thing with similar people. I don't. Know, I probably shouldn't say any more than that. But we did it, and you were telling me what you were doing, and that was so helpful. And I uh, encourage everyone else to share their tactics because it was inspiring. And one of the things that I was so inspired by that you did, that honestly I just wouldn't have thought to do before, is you just kept pushing you just kept pushing. You didn't stop pushing. And you would, you would just like, you would just set a thing and you'd say, no, we got to get to this. No, we got to get to this. And they would say no. And then you would just be like, well, we got to get to this. And you kept <laughs> budging them. And it was amazing. And I honestly don't think that I would have ever done that had I not seen that you did it. And, and that these people didn't say, you know what, Nicole Lappin, go F yourself.
1: Pound sand.
0: Yeah. And and whatever (laughs) that's inspiring. That's inspiring. I think it's just really valuable to see that the limits are not where you think they are in terms of defending yourself and getting what you feel like you deserve.
1: And you ended up asking for more because of me. You were inspired that much
0: in that instance. Yes, I asked no. for more, and I think I got more because I saw you push more. And then in the case of the serious thing, I, I just don't think that I would have thought to say, if you will do it for 12 months at $5, I will do it. That that was a, that was me being inspired by Nicole. I was like, what would Nicole do? Nicole would say, oh. Oh, you've offered this for one month. Give it to me for all 12. And they basically it. did it. I love that.
1: I love that so much. And the difference with the deal that you and I were negotiating. And the lesson there is that this was sort of a gig outside of our normal gigs, but we were sought after by a company that is not poor. (laughs) And there was this sort of recruiting process, and they had decided that you and I were great fits for this. And so knowing that recruitment is really expensive. So it would behoove them to pay more or give more than to start the process over.
0: Oh, I hadn't thought about that. In doing so, you were getting an understanding of where they're coming from so that you could understand where your leverage is, right? Totally. I hadn't thought about that at all.
1: And there was a time crunch. Right. They needed to get this done quickly.
0: I feel like most people, when they're in a negotiation, they think that they have the lower hand. And what you have done is found the way in which to understand how you have the upper hand and therefore have more leverage in the situation than you might have or somebody else or me would have thought. And that is part of what empowers. You know what I like about that as I'm thinking through it is that what you're telling me is not just that you're like, I just got to go for it. I just got to ask for a bunch of stuff. Instead, you actually had thought through what both sides are bringing to the table. And so what you were asking for wasn't just some like crazy, I'm just going to put it there and keep pushing. But instead, it was a reasonable calculation of where they could probably end up based on the limitations that they were working with.
1: Yeah, and that wouldn't be the strategy across the board. I'm not, you know, one of these businessy pontificators who say, like, just go out and ask for what you are worth and deserve and all these things across the board. I think it's a case by case situation. If we were doing this deal and it was a different organization and it was a different timeline, then my strategy probably would have been different. Mm. But, you know, just like the art of war, Right? You want to get into your or in that situation, they're your opponents. You want to get into their mindset. And I thought that that was the best route to take, all things considered. And I got more money than you did.
0: You did. <laughs> you did get more money than <laughs> I did. <laughs> but I don't feel bad about it. You're better at this. But
1: you got more money than you. I originally got more money than, than I offered. would have gotten.
0: I got more money than Parallel Universe Jason would have gotten. And so that's that's a win for me.
1: Baby steps to the finish line.
0: That's right. <laughs> Thanks again to my friend Nicole Lappin. Again, you can pick up her book, Miss Independent, wherever you find books. Because now, Miss Independent is born! And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think, and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R dot com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.